Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with me, Delia Delore. This show dissects famous mottos, mantras and metaphors, tracing their origins and how they translate to everyday life. We have a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression each week. Today's guest is Andrew Scott, an educator from Britain who leads a school in Dubai. In the show's first segments, we will look through the metaphor, I am a mirror, because this is what our guest first chose. But then we will focus on his second choice, which was, I'm not just a mirror. Why did he decide to change his mind? Let's find out. When I heard Andrew's metaphor, the first thing I thought about was the mirror as an item of work. Although, yes, of course, I would have used it when I was younger. The importance of it didn't really come to light until I actually had to start working and starting to see myself as others saw me. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, maybe I need to look at how my mouth moves when I say a certain word and I had to learn to change. So a mirror for me was more of an equipment, something that helped me to work. But later on in the show, you will see what our writer has pulled out from the mirror, the history, its uses, and how it serves other people. So stay with us. I'm a mirror is a well-known old metaphor symbolizing so many things, but mainly how we reflect on others. We're walking through life and reflect. Our emotions affect people. If you smile at someone, you will notice he will, most of the time, smile back at you. If you have a negative attitude and think, I don't like my colleague, they will inevitably stay away from you because they will not enjoy the chemicals around you. It's proven that when you love, your body releases endorphins. It's proven that your body produces cortisol. When you hate or stress, dislike something and feel negative emotions. So if we look at this simple example through the eyes of a scientist, he might say, there is no chemistry. Let's dig deeper into that example. Have you ever heard about mirror neurons and how others influence us? The first person to discover mirror neurons was an Italian scientist, Giacomo Rizzolatti, who experimented on monkeys. He used deep brain stimulation, a procedure where electrodes are implanted in specific brain parts to see how a monkey will respond when it doesn't receive a banana. It only observes how another monkey peels, opens and eats a banana before them. During the experiment, the explored parts of the brain lit up as the monkey ate the banana. These parts are called mirror neurons. They're located in the frontal and parietal cortex of the brain and are responsible for how we understand other people and learn. The link below is a TED talk of Dr. Shelley Richardson talking about how these mirror neurons determine our behavior and can change our community. So when we see somebody do something, the mirror neurons send a message to our motor system that then creates a behavior within us. So you may not believe me. I'm going to ask you to try something. 
Right now, your blood needs to move from your back and your bum to the rest of your body. So would you mind standing up and look at someone you either don't know or know, which covers anyone in this room. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you get inside their head, okay? It's, it's a little activity we both get to do simultaneously. I'm going to um, scowl with you, and it helps me to think of my partner when driving down a taxpayer road and somebody pulls out in front of them, they make this very face. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you to please scowl with me. Make a face, tense up the muscles, do it, do it, do it. Now turn to the person you're with and make that face at them. Do it. <clears throat> All right, it was hard, yes, it's uncomfortable. What that did was turn on your mirror neurons. So when you saw that, what did you feel? Humor. You wanted to release the tension immediately because this was not a place to be in front of my, my partner driving down the road. So what happened is your mirror neurons turned on and you may have had a response of backing up, wanting to turn away, or somebody might want to step up, right? So let's go ahead and try that with a smile. This involves relaxing the face and the body. And now turn to your partner and smile. <laughs> you are all excellent scientific subjects. Go ahead and sit down. Thank you. So what you experienced there was mirror neurons wanting to return that same feeling, that same behavior. And I'm telling you that that's what sociologists love. With the simple task of making her audience smile at each other, Dr. Richardson is showing how we're affected by others, how our facial expressions and emotions create a similar response in the person opposite us. We as a human species must understand the importance and the science behind our habits and behavior to be as aware as possible in each situation. So we can give an excellent example to our children who will eventually mirror us. Another scientist, Antonia Hamilton, explains that babies don't have any mirror neurons when they're born. Still, when they see and do actions, they create connections between these images and that way they make mirror neurons evolved to have mirror neurons and that this could be a change um, from millions of years ago that our mirror neurons got better and better and are there driven by evolution to allow us to interact with other people um, or the rival theory is that actually this is something that we learn throughout our lives that when babies are born they don't have any mirror neurons but that when they see actions and when they do actions then they make connections between the images that they see in front of them and the actual movements of their hand. And by making those connections, they create mirror neurons. But let's look deeper. Let's examine this metaphor through the eyes of a spiritual guru. What will the Dalai Lama do if someone yells at him? Will he change his attitude, forget about his peace of mind and heart and yell back? Probably not. In the Book of Joy, Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu discuss the challenges of living a joyful life. Both authors faced oppression and exile, but still managed to keep their minds focused on what they call inner joy. If the Dalai Lama is your mirror, 
you will probably see something beautiful inside you. He was banished from his own country by the Chinese people back when he was only 23 years old and went to live in India for many years, but he never forgot about his people. He never had hidden anger and feelings of revenge towards China. In his memoirs, he writes that he constantly tried to achieve peace with the country that took so much from him. This is an example. In fact, it's an excellent example of the mirror. A mirror that we could possibly look into ourselves and see something more significant and wiser, something beyond our ego's desires, fears and general thoughts. On 8th of June 2023, the Dalai Lama made a statement about China, saying he is always open and ready to talk with China. Yes, I always open to talk. Now China also now realize the Tibetan people, their spirit very strong. So you see, in order to deal with Tibetan problem, they want to contact with me. I'm also ready. We are not seeking independence. We are decided since many years we remain part of people's bubble of China. Okay. It's a choice. As with everything in life, we must speak out loud about the power inside of us and how we determine our lives with daily decisions. The way we feel relates to the way we think. The people around us are also infected with how we're with them and the opposite is equal to. We must start educating ourselves and our children more about this topic. I'm a mirror and I'm a creator. Whatever choice I make, I must know it mainly affects me. Dalai Lama is an excellent example of a mirror for someone to see as a guide. He doesn't let outer circumstances or people change his way of thinking and being. In one way or another, Dalai Lama is not just a mirror of China. He has a conscious choice of his reactions. In today's episode, we welcome Andrew Scott, an educator from Britain who leads a school in Dubai. He spent years working in the UK and then moved to Dubai, where he is a senior leader at an American international school. His first metaphor choice was, I'm a mirror, but then he changed his mind. And now he explains why. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us once again on Metaphorically Speaking with Delia Delors. It's a pleasure to be here. I thought of you immediately when we were thinking of our new series and thinking of the people that we wanted to invite back because I just wanted to know what some of our guests have been doing since they were last on the show. I've always thought that uh, especially being in the media, we have a responsibility to not just have people talk to them and say, okay, bye, 
I feel that we should be going back to them and say, hey, you know, you spoke to us before. Where are you at now? You know, what are you up to? And so on and so forth. Uh, and I thought, apart from that, of course, we are a program. We deal specifically with metaphors. And I was interested to find out what metaphor you would come up with. Now, your chosen metaphor started one way and ended another. So I'd like to talk about the thought process of when you were thinking about choosing the metaphor, why you started it one way and then ended up with another. This is a fantastic question to get things going. Um, initially, my metaphor was, I'm just a mirror. And the reason why I chose this is because um, I live and work in Dubai at the moment. I am a very um, senior leader at an American international school. And every day I get compliments from my staff. Compliments, compliments, compliments. And my only response out of modesty is to say, I'm just a mirror. And basically what I, what I mean by that is, you see me as a great leader because perhaps you are a great leader in your own right as well. So every compliment is returned by the saying, I'm just a mirror. And then one day I, I did what I usually do. After a day of work, I sit back and I introspect, I reflect, I look back on my day and I say to myself, yes, I may be giving people the impression that I'm just a mirror, but how would I deal with a, a situation where someone is not as positive as my colleagues are at the moment? Would I be a mirror to them if they are horrible? Am I going to be horrible in return to them? And I stepped back and said, no, we have to fix this perception that I am just a mirror reflecting everything around me. I must have some control of my actions and my reactions based on what I perceive to be shown towards me by others. And I want to be in a position to use my discretion, yes, be as positive as possible, but not to be someone who would give back negative reactions if I perceive that someone is being negative towards me. And hence my reason for deciding that my metaphor should be, I'm not just a mirror. Now, in a way, it seems as if the show is responsible for you to be coming to that type of recognition, you know? So I'm kind of happy if that's, if that from what you've said, it seems to be the case. I am thankful. And to be very honest, I, am, I told a, a friend that um, I was a bit excited about joining your program. And I mentioned to her, because she's an educator like me, what I wanted my metaphor to be. And she was very honest. She said, Mr. Andrew, because here in, in the UAE, we are called by our first name, and she's a teacher. So she said, Mr. Andrew, I think you are being very lazy, aren't you? Because <laughs> that, is, that is a very easy metaphor. And I know you very well. You are a bit more complex and a bit more sophisticated than that. I don't think you would allow anyone to influence your behavior from what I know of you. You are a very strong individual. You, you use your discretion quite well, and you don't allow anyone to, to manipulate you. 
So this metaphor you are using, I know you well enough to know that this is not you. Yes, on the positives, yes, you may give back positive reactions, but you don't let anyone drag you down. If someone is being negative, I know you well enough to use um, whatever means necessary not to be dragged down the gutters by the behavior of these individuals. So, you know, perhaps you need to reconsider. So again, I, I was probably a bit lazy and I said, okay, I, I'm gonna use the word not to justify my, my, my change in, in perception of what the correct metaphor should be. So I'm well, not just a mirror. That was very nice of her to say all those things. And of course, she says it because to her, they're true. Uh, and that's the thing as well, um, when you, we talk about metaphors and yours in particular, the way that she responded to you, I feel you were the, in a way, when she looks into, when she visualizes you looking into the mirror, these are the things that she sees about you. So she is trying to encourage you and reassure you that the reflection that you see in the mirror of yourself should be one that you should be proud of and build on whatever it is that you think that you are going to be talking about. She's saying, hey, look, because I know you so well, you need to look at, you know, look, re reflect in the mirror and see that you, whatever metaphor you're coming up with, for me, it's not justified because of the character that you are. You can come up with something stronger. So metaphors are wonderful because you can interpret them to be whatever you want them to be. And there are yeah. some metaphors, they seem to be very much set in stone, but they're not. Because depending on our culture, depending on how other people see us, their definition of that metaphor could be completely different. So true. Um, I just wanted to, to add, one of the things that, that prompted um, that conversation was in a previous conversation, because I tend to associate with, with, with friends who I can have that level of discourse with, um, we were talking about um, behavior in the workplace. And one of the things I said to her, which sort of stuck with her, and she probably raised it, um, she, she, she brought it up on more than one occasion, is I said to her, always be in a position to define yourself. Don't allow others to define you. So you have to behave in such a way and be consistent in your behavior that people's perception of you will be positive and don't allow external forces to drag you down. So there was a link between a previous conversation and this new conversation I was having. And whereas in the past, I was the one giving the advice, this time she was sort of giving it back to me and saying, we have spoken about things like that before. You yes. Know? So, so, the, so there's a bit of a link between this conversation and, and the previous, or I should say, and previous conversations around not allowing others to define you, but you defining yourself and you being in the driving seat of how people perceive you and how they perceive your actions, but also how they perceive your core values and just how they perceive you as an individual, as a soul, as a being. So 
there is a, a very strong link and I am happy that I, I have surrounded myself with the right type of friends who, even when I may falter in my own perception of things, are quick to remind me that, hey, Mr. Andrew, you were the one who said to me some time ago, don't allow others to define you, define yourself. I'm glad you said that because similarly, when my team heard your metaphor, they said, well, I want to know how they could change it. He could change it from I am to I am not. And the writer had already started with the I am. And so she paused for a while and thought, okay, if I'm going to now turn it to I am not, how am I going to get there? Because the normal kind of metaphor, what people are, are used to would be I am. It would make more sense to them. So they were saying to me, I'm waiting to hear his justification for making it not. And people were speculating. I wasn't privy to that conversation, but I know that they didn't come up with something concrete because they were saying to me, I can't wait for, to hear the interview so that I can see where, how he changed it from that. But for myself, when I was thinking of what you were saying um, in terms of I am not just a mirror or I am not a mirror, I was thinking, well, you can perhaps look at me as someone with um, positivity or someone with core values that I admire, but you are not me. So yep. you have to forge your own identity. You have to decide what it is you would like to do in life, and you have to um, decide or seek support in the areas that you would like to um, be involved in. I thought, I tried to think of it as, because there's the word not in it, I was trying to think, well, not is normally a negative word. And yeah. then I thought, is it? Is it is not really? It's similar to what you were saying. Is not really a negative word? Because if I say, I'm not coming, or I'm not going to go, so the not in that case would be for the other people thinking, all right, I was, you were going to come, but now you're not going anymore. Oh, okay, then. They may see that as a negative. But you saying, I am not going, could mean, well, actually, I've got so much to do. And as much as I'd like to go, I can't come because it's putting too much pressure on me. So not in that sense is not negative. It's positive because you've made a, a conscious decision to free yourself from additional or unnecessary stress. Absolutely. And I actually added the word just to it for a reason. Mm -hmm. Because I could have just been a mirror. But what that would imply is that I am so easily manipulated, I would be forced to respond based on my perception of how I am treated. Now, the nature of my work being an educational leader, and I, I have been in education now, you won't believe it, for the last 40 years. Oh, my God. I know I don't look you it You don't yet. look like it at all. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm telling uh, you, you don't look across, like it. Yes, across three, uh, across three countries, St. Lucia, where I was born um, for 18 years, um, the UK, where I, where I am now a, a national for the last 20, just over 20 years, and now in the UAE, where I am a resident for the last two and a half years. So I have been in educational leadership in all these three countries. And the one thing I could tell you is that as a leader, 
you must have what they call difficult conversations with the people that you that you lead. Not all conversations are as smooth as you would like them to be, and sometimes people respond either during the conversation or most times after the conversation, the attitude might change towards you. And then you have to make a decision as a leader, and you have to say to yourself, am I going to allow that person's behavior to influence my level of professionalism and, and, how, I, and how I treat them and how I treat everyone else? And so the mirror factor has to be considered there because do I want to say, because you are being horrible, I can show you that I could be 10 times more horrible. Now that's, that's a layman's attitude. You are nice to me, I am 10 times as nice to you in return, and you're horrible to me, I can be 10 times as horrible as I choose to be as well. But I, as a person, have taken that decision. I will not be influenced by negative behavior. Definitely by positive behavior, you are nice to me, I'm gonna be, I will reflect that niceness by being polite and kind and courteous and respectful towards you. If you are horrible, then I have to strategically find the best way to respond to that negative behavior without allowing my integrity and my good reputation to go down the gutter based on my perception of how I'm being treated by others. So that is the justification behind I am not just a mirror. I refuse to allow others to define me I refuse to be manipulated by others. And sometimes I just pass things off with a smile and I just postpone my reaction to things. I just smile it off and I walk away. And then I decide, you know, I introspect, I reflect. I say to myself, let me find the best way to deal with this situation. Let me do it in a way that everyone benefits positively, despite the fact that this individual may have displayed a behavior which I'm not too comfortable with. It may involve along the way having that difficult conversation. It may involve at some point seeking redress one way or the other. But at the end of the day, I will not allow my initial behavior to be influenced by negative behavior. Well, Andrew, you've uh, started our morning off tremendously well. And for those listening on the radio, we've started off our Monday extremely well. I don't think we could have chosen a better metaphor because it comes with so many different facets, so many different angles that you can use. But at the end of the day, we all strive to be positive, and I believe that this metaphor can do just that. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, and I thank you very much and encourage you to keep up the good work. I think you are really bringing out the best in your, in your guests, and I really value the time that we have spent together. I thank you very much. Goodbye. to our further explorations of the metaphor, I am not a mirror. Like Andrew's thoughts or Dalai Lama's conscious choice, we all can change our response to someone who is hostile or even towards our own negative beliefs about ourselves.
This is why for our next segment, we will focus more on the word mirror by itself and how we can use it as a very powerful tool to change our inner dialogue about ourselves. A mirror is a necessity these days. In the past, it was a privilege only the wealthy could have. Today, it is an integral and binding part of our lives. We need it when we drive, we need it when we prepare ourselves for important occasions, we use it when we decorate, take pictures, and many more things. But how many of us know that the first mirrors were a pool of still water? Now, can we close our eyes and imagine a world without mirrors? This is a question worth taking the time to think about. So many people have wrong perceptions about themselves and dislike what they see. So many people fall in love with their reflections and lose touch with their souls by focusing only on the body. Meanwhile, others reject the beautiful being they are because of what they see in the reflection of the mirror. The next video we will hear is called The Reflection in Me. I like being you, said the reflection in the mirror. To me, you are perfectly perfect. It is a lovely work of art about self-acceptance and how we speak to ourselves. The video starts with a little boy looking at himself in the mirror, but he doesn't like what he sees. So he makes a sad expression and walks away. Then we hear, You are perfectly perfect. Here's a specific line from the script of this video. You're perfectly perfect. I will like being you. When you say the words, they're like an elixir for the soul. I imagine a world where more people speak to themselves like that. The circle of life changes after they pass this on to their children. This is the simple exercise we can do to change the way we think. Here is a simple exercise we can do to change the way we think. Standing in front of the mirror and saying something nice, something like, you're perfectly perfect, or like, I love you. This is a known method in therapy and psychology, but one of the first women to actually start talking about this method was Louise Hay, a spiritual teacher and author. Let's hear what she has to say about using the mirror as a powerful tool to heal our hearts. I want you to say to yourself your name. I love you. I really, really love you. I love you. I really, really love you. It's a new thing, you probably haven't done it before. But what we're really trying to do is to connect with the inner child within, who has been neglected for so very long. Most of us, when we look in a mirror, we criticize ourselves, we make fun of ourselves, we say derogatory things to ourselves. It's a habit. When we have a choice about how to speak to ourselves, why are we choosing to criticize or to be ashamed or to judge or hate others? Because that's how we've been taught. So to change the circle and the pattern, we should start with ourselves first. As a final point, here's a clip from the most memorable and meaningful legends. Michael Jackson left for us, the man in the mirror. words sound to you. 
If you want to make a change, start with the man in the mirror. Motivational? Does it make you feel scared? So many people are afraid of change because they think it is a very complicated, overwhelming process, when in fact, it is as simple as looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I'm loving, and I accept myself and all the people and the things around me just the way they are today. I will not judge, and I will try to give my best. I'm not just a mirror is a modified metaphor with so much meaning and importance held with it. It might sound too optimistic, but it can describe what we need to understand. It is not about living on autopilot without choice, but about having the power to decide our actions and reactions towards each situation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new. I know that I did. Thanks so much again to our guest, Andrew Scott, for sharing with us today. I am a mirror and I am not a mirror. It is a very reflective thought. We'd love you to share the show with your friends and please feel free to leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify and all major streaming platforms. If you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach us at info at metaphoricallyspeaking.uk. Join us for another metaphor next week. Until then, I'm Delia Delore. Keep safe. Till then, goodbye.